Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. As you can see, today I'm flying solo. Alex and I have had a hard time coordinating schedules, and unfortunately, the Brooklyn Gaucho is not here to do this short podcast with me. But as I've said before, you have to have the Positive Sports Podcast in your life. So I feel a responsibility to make sure we get something to you. So today's going to be a little bit different. It's going to have just me. And I'm going to talk about one thing and one thing only. But before I do that, remember you can always access our podcast on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Listen, if you need to get a fix of sports talk, get you some positive sports podcasts. I've said this before. I've said this many times. And it's true. If you need to improve your sports game, if you need to improve your water cooler talk, if you need to improve your trash talk when you play checkers, if you need to get better at softball, whatever your sport activity is, get you some positive sports podcasts. It's the only way to go, man. If you do chess, or if you do marbles, or if you uh, <clears throat> if you do the football, right? Whatever it is, the positive sports podcast is what you need to become a better athlete, a better talker, a better player, right? We're here for you. So hit that subscribe button. Hit the search bar and type in Positive Sports Podcast and get yourself subscribed to the show. Catch us weekly and like, subscribe, comment, do whatever you want to do. We love the interaction. If you want to reach out to us, if you want a personal interaction to further improve your sports game, you can always email the show. Positive Sports 10 at gmail.com, Positive Sports 10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of me, right, because I'm the more handsome of the two positive cast, positive sports podcasters, then just go ahead and hit me up on Twitter. I'm at emontana21. And look, if you want to talk about some, uh, you know, some, some maybe a little off color stuff, you know, a little, a little dicey stuff, if you want to talk about the gambling world, if you want to talk about lines and stuff like that, look, there's nobody better to talk to than Alex. And you can hit him up on Twitter as well, at BrooklynGaucho1. So, with that being said, let's get to my topic. <clears throat> I said I only had one topic. This is a weird time of year, right? We're in the middle of basketball season. Baseball season hasn't kicked off. NFL free agency started today. I don't know what, exactly what's happened, so that's probably a better topic for my brother and I to touch on next week. So there's really not much going on. And so we did have one topic hit this week that I wanted to touch, touch upon and talk about with you guys. This week, we got the official announcement of what we unofficially already knew was going to happen. And that is that Drew Brees, after 20 seasons, I think it was, 20 seasons in the NFL at the tender young age of 42 years old, has decided to retire from the National Football League, has decided to retire from playing football and gracing the field on Sundays. And let me tell you, it really struck me when I heard the announcement. I, of course, had heard uh, all of the rumors and speculation during the season that this was his last season, had heard all the rumors and speculation during the playoff run that this was his last season, Heard all the rumors and speculation at the end of the season when they were eliminated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he was done. And I thought it was probably going to happen. But I'm not going to lie. 
a big, a, a really big part of me just hoped it wasn't true. I didn't want to see him go. And you know what? I think I echo the sentiment of most NFL fans around the country, except for maybe the fans in the NFC South, right? The fans of the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons are probably happy to see him go because he was a thorn in their side for most of the, for most of his career, right? He, uh, <clears throat> he spent four seasons with the Chargers and then 16 seasons with the Saints. And during those 16 season with, seasons with the Saints, he pretty much owned that division. <clears throat> sure, Carolina had a short run in there with Cam Newton. Uh, the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl once. They were good for a few years. Uh, Tampa Bay obviously has come on this, this last year winning the Super Bowl after acquiring Tom Brady. But for the most part, over the last 16 years, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints have ruled over the, the NFC South and have been a very, very important player in the talks of who will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl every single year. And so while most NFL fans are sad to see him go, there's probably a few in Carolina and Tampa Bay and Atlanta that are saying, hey, good riddance, old man. Don't let the doorknob hit you on the way out. Just make sure you don't come back. And uh, look, I don't think he's that kind of guy. I don't think he's going to come back. But it is a little bit, uh, I won't say heartbreaking because he's had a wonderful career. He leaves uh, a fairly healthy man. He's only had, uh, you know, he had one serious injury, one serious shoulder injury back in 2004, I believe. Uh, And he tore his ACL, I think, in, uh, in high school. So, you know, he leaves the game um, pretty healthy and um, really with uh, more accolades than I can mention. If, if I mentioned the list of awards that Drew Brees won uh, while in the NFL, it would take up the majority of this podcast and you would turn it off because you'd be like, this is ridiculous. He's won basically everything. Um, <clears throat> but uh, just uh, the guy is just a fantastic story. Of hard work and dedication, uh, he's a good family man, and really turned um, turned his passion into a wonderful career. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the fastest running back, running quarterback you've ever seen. But his passion and his leadership for uh, the game of football and for his team uh, really caused him to excel for twenty years. Twenty years. Think about that. That's two decades. You guys always hear me talking, I'm damn near 50. Damn near 50, 20 years, he's been playing in the NFL for 40% of my life. I mean, that's that's a long time. It's a long time to do anything. Um, and he's done it for 20 years. And look, we all know the NFL is a um, difficult grind. I mean, it's a grind. It's tough. It, you know, week in, week out, uh, two-a-days, OTAs, <clears throat> It's not an easy job. Sure, we only see him 16 games a year, and if they run through the playoffs, maybe we see him like 19 games a year. That's only 19 days out of a, out of a full year. But it's a, it's a year-round job. And uh, I've heard interviews with Drew Brees. He's talked about uh, <clears throat> how tough it is even in the offseason and how much he works out and takes care of his body so that he can come out and perform for 20 seasons in the NFL. Um, you know, the walking back and giving you a little background on the guy. He's a Texas guy, which kind of makes me like him a little bit more, I guess. Uh, 
<clears throat> this being my adopted home state, I have uh, an affinity for just about all things Texas. Um, <clears throat> he's a Texas guy. He was a winner in high school. Uh, while he was a he was a two or three year, I think a three year starter in high school. Um, lettered in three sports, I think baseball, basketball, and football. I think he was actually thought he was going to be a baseball player more than more so than a football player. Uh, <clears throat> in three, you know, starting three seasons or the last two seasons, he started at Austin Westlake. I believe he was twenty-eight and and one or twenty-eight zero and one, something ridiculous like that. Won two state championships. Uh, you know, he was he was successful and he was a natural born leader from a very young age. Um, <clears throat> wasn't heavily recruited as a college player. Um, <clears throat> he. Uh, you know, when he tore his ACL, a lot of people kind of stayed away from him. Uh, but he came back, did was not, like I said, was not heavily recruited, went to Purdue. He picked Purdue because of the academic program, and he's got a degree from in some kind of industrial management thing. I don't know. Something I can't spell. Um, so he's a, he's a bright guy. Went to Purdue. He's a three-year starter there. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I know him. I don't know him well, but obviously I knew of him quite a bit because he played in the Big Ten against my beloved Michigan Wolverines. So, uh, you know, I saw him once a year, every year. And, uh, you know, he was always a tough out for for Michigan. And, you know, look, when he got done with college, he had <clears throat> he had quite a few records at Purdue. Um, you know, again, he did really well there. I don't remember exactly what his collegiate record was, but he has a lot of – he still owns a lot of the – uh, passing records at Purdue, uh, offensive passing records at Purdue. So, <clears throat> you know, he was he was good. But, you know, in the NFL, a lot of times it comes down to those numbers, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. The numbers at the combine, you know, uh, how fast can you run the 40? How big are you? How big are your hands? How hard can you throw a football? Things like that. And <clears throat> at the time... In 2001, I believe it was, or 2000, whenever they have the combine before the draft, he, um, yeah, he didn't wow anyone. He's only he's only six foot tall, which you know in the NFL, a six foot quarterback is kind of an anomaly, right? They're they're usually bigger than that, so they can see all over all of those big offensive linemen and defensive linemen in front of them, and linebackers chasing them, and all that other stuff. Um, he's not, he's not a terribly big guy, six foot, 200, 200, 210 pounds, somewhere around there. Um, so he didn't wow people with his statistics at the combine and, uh, you know, didn't, you know, didn't really wow people in that 2001 class and was taken in the second round by the San Diego Chargers. Now the Chargers, <clears throat> I don't recall who their quarterback was before then, but, <clears throat> You know, they took him not really thinking he was going to be their guy. I mean, they kind of took him as a backup, really. They thought maybe he'll blossom into something, but they didn't really... They weren't all in. It's not like they drafted him and thought, we have our franchise quarterback. Um, But in the second season he was there, he played the full season. He came on in the preseason and, uh, you know, won the starting job and became a full, you know... Their, 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 their quarterback, uh, you know, threw for 3,000 yards and change, you know, had 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. You know, it wasn't, 
He wasn't blowing people away, but he was good, right? He was he was serviceable. You could see a growth pattern, and maybe he was going to be the man there, right? Maybe he was going to blossom into that franchise quarterback. Um, went through another couple of seasons, dealt with some nagging injuries, led him to an 11 and 12, 11 and five record in 2004, um, and then regressed a little bit in 2005. Uh, but more importantly, hurt his shoulder and needed surgery at the end of the 2005 season. And it was at that point that um, you know they kind of let him walk in free agency, and he went to New Orleans. In 2006. Now, for those of you that don't remember, uh, Hurricane Katrina came through New Orleans in August of 2005. And if you recall, that season, that 2005 football season for the New Orleans Saints was a nightmare. You know, they couldn't play in New Orleans. They were basically nomads. Um, They played games on the road as the home team. They played in other places uh, where they were designated the home team, but they didn't have any fans. I think they played a game here in Houston. Um, It was a rough, rough season. And Drew Brees signed on in 2006 for the 2006 season. So they went through the 2005 season through the end of the year. Free agency comes in March of 2006, and he signs with the Saints. And, you know, immediately, he just throws himself into New Orleans. And and I don't know who was luckier here. You know, like, was New Orleans lucky to get a guy who was willing to throw himself into a city that was rebuilding and in shambles? Or was he lucky... That there was a city that wanted to embrace him as their own and was willing to say, you're the man here. Let's do it. Right? And to be coached by Sean Payton. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to decipher who's the lucky one. Right? We went through this last season, right? Where we talked about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and that now we would finally see whether Tom Brady was making Bill Belichick a good head coach or Bill Belichick was making Tom Brady a good quarterback. And I've always said that relationship worked perfectly for them. And I know Tom Brady went on to win the Super Bowl with the Bucks, but look, let's face it, he may never win another one again, right? Um, the sustained run that the Patriots had with Belichick and Brady is going to be hard to replicate anywhere. And it's hard. I think it's impossible to say it was because of Tom Brady or it was because of Bill Belichick. It was because of Belichick and Brady. And in a lot of ways, for Drew Brees, it was the same thing. You know, I think he got lucky that he found a young, innovative head coach in Sean Payton, who's a bit of a risk taker. A a bit of a gambler, um, a bit of a push-the-envelope kind of guy, which is perfect for Drew Brees, right? And and they they were willing because he was that way. He convinced the Saints that look, we should we should take 
Drew Brees. I know he's had a shoulder injury. I know he's only six foot tall. I know he's not a franchise quarterback. But I think in this system, we can work well together and it can happen. And Drew Brees was lucky to, to, to have that. But New Orleans was lucky as well, right? They were lucky <clears throat> to find a guy who was willing to work so hard to integrate himself into a city that was in shambles, to integrate himself into a community that was you know, really struggling at the time, and a guy who was willing to put a franchise that did not have a history as a winner. You know, if you're 30 years old, you think the Saints have always been a winning franchise because for the last 16 years, you've seen the Saints always contending. Always winning, not always, but often winning their division. Always contending in the NFC Championship picture, right? Well, let me tell you, for those of us that are damn near 50 and for guys that are even older than me, the Saints are a terrible franchise before Drew Brees got here, right? They had one playoff win before he got here. I think they'd made the playoffs uh, a total of five times in their history. Their fans used to go to games with bags over their head. You know, so there wasn't a tradition of winning here. This was not a glorious franchise when Drew Brees got here. I keep saying here like I'm in New Orleans. I'm not. It wasn't a glorious franchise. When Drew Brees got to New Orleans, New Orleans was not really a prime spot on the NFL map. They didn't have a whole bunch of clips in the NFL film's vault to show you of great uh, plays made by Saints of yesteryear. No. The pictures that you saw of the Saints of yesteryear were pictures of their fans wearing garbage bag wearing paper bag brown paper bags over their over their heads so that no one could identify that they were at the game because they were that bad. So the relationship that was built it was some risk taking on both sides, right? Sean Payton risking Risking his career, his young career, on a guy who had just come off shoulder surgery who was really kind of too small to play in the NFL. Well, that worked out well for him. It's made Sean Payton look like a Hall of Fame coach for the last 16 years. And Drew Brees picked up his young family and moved it to a city that was in shambles. And I'm not talking about just the football team. I'm not talking about the organization. The entire city was in shambles. It was rebuilding after Katrina. You know, their population, half of their population relocated, left, never went back after Katrina. So it was pretty rough. <clears throat> but yet he took that chance. Not only did he move his professional career to New Orleans, he moved his personal career there too. His personal life, his wife, his kids, his family. He moved to New Orleans. He lives in New Orleans. So they both took a, a, a tremendous chance. And through hard work and dedication, he's now Drew Brees, right? <clears throat> when you think about Drew Brees, you think about Career touchdown leader, passing yards leader, highest completion percentage, Super Bowl winner, uh, Super Bowl MVP. He's actually never won a regular season MVP, which I find incredible. But, you know, it goes that way sometimes. But he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. He brought the city of New Orleans, a town notorious for football losing, a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl ring. 
a Super Bowl trophy. A town that was known for hosting Super Bowls, not hosting Super Bowl champions. And yet, he brought that to New Orleans. <clears throat> the guy has played through some injuries over the years. Football's a rough game. We talked about this before. And he's played through it all. He's played through a broken thumb. He's played with sore ribs. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But the guy has been 100% dedicated to his craft and dedicated to the city of New Orleans, dedicated to the franchise that is the New Orleans Saints. And they, in return, have embraced him as one of their own. It's really a wonderful story. It doesn't get much better than that. If you're an NFL player, what better way to spend 16 years of your career than playing for a town that embraces you as their own, you embrace them as your own, and give so much back to that community. Not just in terms of wins and losses. Look, <clears throat> the wins and losses are fantastic. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond words what he's done for that community. You know, over his NFL career, he's got a 172 and 114 losses. 172 wins, 114 losses. And most of that comes in New Orleans. I mean... He's only, what, uh, let's see, 20, 30, 30 and 28 in San Diego. So he's only two games over 500. Overall, he's 58 games over 500. So 56 games over 500 in 16 seasons. If you can't do math, that's pretty darn good. You're averaging a 10 and 6 season. I mean, it's just insane. It's insane how good his numbers are. But that's what he gave to the city of New Orleans. That's what he gave to a notoriously losing franchise in the New Orleans Saints. And he did it with class. He did it with class. He was a hardworking guy. He was a captain of that team for very many years. Won the very prestigious Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which goes beyond football. It's what you do for your community. So while he's got all of these gaudy statistics, like I said, career leader in passing yards and most consecutive games with a touchdown pass and uh, your Super Bowl MVP. I mean, I could keep rattling him off, but I, you know. But on top of that, he's got a Walter Payton Man of the Year award for what he does for his community. Can you give the man any more respect than that? <clears throat> it's been a class act. Let me read to you some of his awards. You know, he's been the NFL Offensive Player of the Year twice. Right? Just twice. Not easy to do. Sportsman of the Year. Male Athlete of the Year. Walter Payton, Man of the Year, I've already mentioned. Comeback Player of the Year. Heck, they thought he was done and dusted. Right? Um... He's got the most career passing yards, most career pass completions, highest career percentage. You know, they, Drew Brees is part of the dynamic that has changed the game of football. It's because of guys like Drew Brees that we've changed the way we look at quarterbacks. It used to be, when I was a kid, if a quarterback hit on 58% of his passes, we thought he was God. I mean, that was just amazing. But as the offenses have evolved and the passing game has become more and more prominent, 58% doesn't cut it anymore. Go look at your standard leaderboard of completion percentage every year. 58% puts you towards the bottom. 
He's routinely been at 67, 68, 70%, 72%. I mean, it's crazy. It does just incredibly gaudy numbers. Incredibly gaudy numbers. I mean, look at this. He's been as high as 74.4%. The last five, season of his, five seasons of his career, he was over 70%. 58% doesn't cut it anymore, folks. Drew Brees is part of that transformation. He's part of that revolution. He's Not only is he part of it, he's the gold standard of it. If you don't complete 65% of your passes, you're not a good quarterback in the NFL. And that part, that's part because of Drew Brees' excellence. That's what it takes to be successful nowadays. That's what counts as a good quarterback. More awards, right? Uh, let's see. Most completions in a season, highest single season uh, completion percentage in a game, most touchdowns in a game, most consecutive games with a touchdown pass. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. Reading his Wikipedia page is tiring. That's a lot of awards. I'd like to win just one. Drew Brees has won many. And it's through his hard work and his dedication to the game. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite images of Drew Brees is seeing him in the huddle before the game, when the whole team gets together. And he's in the middle of that huddle. And he is screaming and yelling. And I could never make out the words. But the guys are screaming and yelling back at him. And he is leading his men to go out on that football field and give it everything they got for 60 minutes. And it sounds easy. It sounds easy. It sounds like not a big deal. But it's hard to find that kind of leader. I feel bad for Taysom Hill. I feel bad for Jameis Winston. One of those guys is going to have to try to step in and be a leader to those men. And they're always going to be compared to Drew Brees. And that's not easy. Drew Brees was one of a kind. Drew Brees was a first-class leader. For all of the accolades that we can give him as a football player... To me, what's most impressive about him is his leadership, is his willingness to work, is his desire to be on the field with those guys, to give it everything he's got every single Sunday. And I know a lot of guys do, but there was something different about that guy. Not only did he give it on the football field, he gave it in the community, he gives it to his family. He's a special guy. And I'm going to be sad that he's not going to be there on Sunday. Uh, he'll be up in the booth. I'm sure he's going to get get snapped up. I think he's already actually signed with NBC. So he's going to he's he's still going to be around, but it's not the same. It's not going to be as exciting watching a New Orleans game before that game starts, before the kickoff, seeing that huddle and seeing those men yell back and forth at each other and get themselves revved up to go play a football game. Going back to the New Orleans thing, <clears throat> remember when they first went back in 2006 and they had that Monday night game? Man, that game was electric. Drew Brees had a hell of a game that night. You know? The, the entire game was electric. That city was coming alive before our very eyes after all of the pain 
and destruction of Hurricane Katrina, we could see that city come alive again right before our eyes. And it was at the hands and the strength of a football team. It was by the work and dedication of that football team led by Drew Brees. I encourage you to go back and watch highlights from that game. It was a fantastic game. I think they played the Falcons, and the Falcons had no chance that night. I don't know if the Falcons were a better football team that season or not, but I promise you that night they had absolutely no chance. They were playing against the New Orleans Saints and all 400,000 residents that were left in New Orleans. They were playing against each and every one of them. It was unfair. You hear hear teams complain about, well, the referees were against us. It's hard to play against 14 guys or 16 guys or however many referees there are that they're blaming. Imagine playing against an entire city. That's what Drew Brees and the Saints brought to the table that night. It was one of the truly iconic games. Truly iconic. Look, I admire the man. If you can't tell, I admire the man. He's a great story. And all I've talked about is his hard work and his dedication and his football numbers and his perseverance and being told he was too small and and not being heavily recruited and yet still being successful in what we love to watch every Sunday, a very, very difficult sport, physically taxing, mentally draining. But on top of that, he's a great family man, right? Married his college sweetheart. He's got uh, four kids, I believe. Three boys and a and a little girl. Can you imagine what it's like in that house in that household? Breezing those boys running around all the time. I mean, that's crazy. That's got to be a crazy, crazy place. She probably wants him to retire just so he can help out. Because when you got three boys running around the house, it's nuts. We've all seen the videos, right? The home videos of him and those boys throwing a football around the house. My mother would have had a heart attack if we threw the ball around the house that much. If you break something, you're going to be in big trouble. How many times has Drew Brees' wife said that? But yet, you know, that's the way it goes when you have boys. He's a good family man. He has the Brees Dream Foundation, right, to support cancer patients and research. Gives a lot of money, gives a lot of time. Uh, gave a lot of money and a lot of time for the Katrina recovery effort. He's just a good guy. You know, they just, again, the only thing that might be longer than the list of accolades might be the list of donations and causes that he's been involved with. Because every offseason he's involved with something. He's a great man. He's done a lot of good things for his community and for the people of New Orleans. And look, <clears throat> he's not perfect, right? Last year or a year and a half ago, whatever, uh, he got in a little hot water about the national anthem thing. Um, but again, like a true stand-up man, he came forward and said he would talk to his teammates, try to learn more, and make himself better from the situation. He's not a man who's afraid. He's a true man. They throw a word, they throw around the term warrior in football all the time. I don't like it. I think it's kind of over the top. You're not a warrior. You're not actually fighting. But in life, 
He's akin to a warrior. He meets his problems head on. He meets his challenges head on. And he works as hard as he can to be the best person he can be. Day in and day out. And we see it on the football field. But I promise you there's more to it than that. You don't get to be that good of a a family man without some hard work. You don't get to be that good of a man for your community without some hard work. And you don't get to be that good of a person without a lot of hard work. Drew Brees is just that kind of guy. I'm going to be sad that he's not playing on Sundays anymore. But I feel blessed to have been able to watch him and follow his career over the last 20 years. And I haven't always watched him under a microscope. I may have missed a thing or two. But man, from what I've seen for the most part, one of the true good guys, one of the true, true good guys in the sport of football and in sports overall. Drew Brees, kudos. Hats off to you. Enjoy your retirement. Enjoy whatever you do next in life. Enjoy your family and friends. You've earned it, my man. As always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.